Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Well, hello there. It is Tom and we have got another classic episode right for your ears. Today's is about stunt women and stunt men. And we find out a number of extraordinary things. We ask what it's like to be set on fire, what it's like to jump off a bridge and all the little things that you could do as a stunt woman that seem amazing on a night out with your friends. Light the fuse. The explosion is on its way. Tom, this stunt woman has been in Thor, Skyfall, Harry Potter and more. Whoa. Okay. Her name is Annabelle Canavan and I would like to say hello. Hello. Hello, Annabelle. How are you? I'm really, really well. Yeah, good. Thank you. What's it like to be set on fire? (laughs) It's the most surreal thing. It's relaxing. What? You're in your own zone, you're slightly meditative, and yeah, it's really not magical, but there's something about it. It's just, it's different. It's really, really different. Tom, are you listening to this? Did you think that there'd be the answer of meditative, magical, and relaxing? No. Without being set on fire? No and no. <laughs> it's pretty hot, obviously. <laughs> it's pretty hot. Does it hurt? Um, you can get very, very, very warm and you can get small spots that are just burning. <gasps> so how does it work? Are you in a suit? Are you, are yeah, so you a uh, like a full body burn. Yeah. Um, you will be wearing Carbonex and Nomex, which is what the racing drivers wear. So it's special underwear. This is different ways of doing it, but this is the ways that I've done it with my sort of team yeah everything's then dipped in zel gel which smells amazing it smells of tea tree but some of the guys say when they pick it up they go what do you smell i say it's tea tree they go money um because <laughs> oh. you get paid quite well you get paid more you for get being paid set more. on fire yes. wow um well you get paid more per like if it's your hand or your arm or full body no way yeah what, yeah what's the price difference like if joe oh. sets his hand on fire now oh uh well <laughs> don't do don't do that. yeah maybe not much for a hand but a full body burn would be more so you're in the zel gel so um you're then really cold the gel is like really cold too before you even go on you're freezing Often you'll wear a silicone face mask and it has one tube that goes in the mouth. So it's got no nose or ears. It's literally a tube that goes in your mouth that you would then bite on to shut it off when you're on fire so you don't get smoke in your mouth. Actually getting on the silicone face is horrible because it's tight, it's moulded to your face. So you've got to try and get it on, hold your breath. And then it's weird when you suck in, you can feel the like... (laughs) The whole mask to your face. Uh, you can't really hear anything because your ears, so it's like muffled. And then you have like little perspex for your eyes to see. Um, silicone arms as well. Um, so I've gone and got my arms moulded. And then you have your costume on and then somebody literally glues you up. And then you're set on fire. But it's a whole process before you do that. There's so many rehearsals with everyone knows their cue because... I'm on fire. There's nothing I can do. 
I trust the people to put me out because if I'm on fire and everyone's like, oh, well, I just, I'll check my phone. And you're See, like, <laughs> yeah, I can't speak to tell them, you know, so you really trust your team. I didn't have anything to do with it, but on Game of Thrones, they've got the most amount of burns on set. So I think they did 22 people on fire because I've just got friends who've worked on it. But then for each person who's on fire, you need a couple of people, one to pit them out, literally with an extinguisher. Like, and then uh, <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm loving the sound effects. And then so far. a blanket, and then the blanket <laughs> over. That would have taken thousands and thousands of pounds, but Game of Thrones have got it. Yeah, and so many weeks rehearsals, so everyone has you know to know where to run into. So yeah, I li- I like being set on fire. It's good. I've once come close to being set on fire. I was in a, a full riot outfit that was fireproof or whatever, yeah. and this massive garden thing. I was at the police riot training centre for a team building day that I won't go too much into apart from this part of it because it's crap. Um, <laughs> was but the fun bit was these cocktails being thrown at us. Yeah, not you know the fire ones, not the drinking ones. Not a Moscow Mule or you know. not a Moscow <laughs> Mule or a Dark and Stormy or anything like that. It was like the Molotovs cocktails. They'd lob them at our feet in front of us. And then we'd have to, like, run through them. Yeah. So it was as basic as they come. And that's my claim to being as close to a stuntman as possible. And the other time was when I was a child and I used to like fire. Yes. A lot. You know, you just get fixated watching Yeah, them, I love you? fires. Yeah. In fact, I love fires now. But when I was a child, I loved it so much that I once was playing with a lighter or a set of matches in uh, my mum and dad's room for some reason. And I set fire to a couple of their pillows and panicked, <laughs> shit myself, absolutely panicked, and then just lobbed them out the back window of their thing, out into the garden. Dad just be, saw these pillows just drop to the floor. That oh had been set fire. Like, Joseph, what's going on up there? And I was like, nothing. He's <laughs> like, this fireball's just been dropped out the back of the house. In the uh, riot scene, oh, look, I've just taken over as the interviewers. Good. Did you really get into character? Because that's what stunts is. It's really fun. Like, did you all then Yeah, start- the whole day I kind of tried getting into character, trying to pretend to be a police officer, like, yeah. shouting. We had to work as a team, and I'd have to look around the corners and tell the rest of the oh, team. Cool. Was, and I was going, junction left, clear! And I don't think the management that had taken us down there thought I was taking it very seriously, but I was actually taking it very seriously that I got so much into character. Yeah. But they didn't see that. Oh, okay. So they thought I was pissing about. Yeah. But I wasn't. I take fire scenes very seriously, like you have to, I'm sure. I didn't want to get burnt. There's questions we can ask you, Annabelle, that I don't think we could ask of anybody else. One of them is, how many times have you died? Yeah, (gasps) good one. Oh, my goodness. Yes. All the time. What do you mean? Yes. <laughs> All the time. Literally spent, yeah, uh, well, even bizarre ones, buried alive. Oh. Um, not sca- oh my, that is my worst nightmare. And drownings, all the time drownings, thrown downstairs, strangled, uh, shot, falling off back of motorbikes. What sort of number are we talking? How many times you died? Well, over 10, over 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh my God, over 20 times you've died. Yeah. What's the best way to die? <laughs> oh, uh, shooting's quite fun, but... Uh, Was it real bullets? No, they're squibs, so you have a little debt on you, special effects, and then you just debt it, so when somebody debt shoots it, you... Debt it, detonate? Debt, yes. It's yeah, stunt sorry. chat, sorry. don't worry. Debt it. Me and um, Annabelle know what we're talking and about. Then it it's all, stunt chat, it I, I, I got it. It out, so it looks like you're shot. Mm. So lots of deaths. Uh, strangling's quite weird, because I've done a strangulation for an actress, because she just didn't like... You know, have, everyone has something they don't really like. She and didn't like being strangled. She didn't like being strangled and then thrown on the floor. 
and Weirder. molested and stuff in that weird scene. Um, <laughs> it was like this weird bedroom scene. It surprises me that she didn't like that. <laughs> so she was, he was strangling, but I was doing it with an actor compared to a stunt person. Right. And the actor was just like quite into the strangling bit. So because they're in their character, yes, actors can be, either they don't want to hit you or they're the opposite. They're re- like, they get really into, because the stunt queen, it's okay, it's the stunt girl, you know, just go for it. And I do want me. It's okay, it's the, it's just the stunt girl. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, because that's player. It's yeah, okay. No, give her a click take, around the chops because she's a stunt girl. She can take it. Harder, obviously, loads. Like, but they get quite into it. But then sometimes if people don't actually give you a hit, you've got nothing to react against. Ah. So, you know, like in a stomach, you'd wear a stomach pad and then somebody can proper like, so you've got something to react to. So it's nice to get a bit of one. It's like happy medium. So is that quite hard if you're dealing with like male actors in a scene and they then get a little bit worried of like, oh, because you're a girl, like that's yeah. stereotype. Oh, I don't want to hit you too hard. Yeah. And you're like, hang on a minute. I'm a stunt woman. I'm not a girl. I am a hit stunt. Me! <laughs> <laughs> hit me with your rubber stick. Hit me. Oh, I've been listening to your thing. You do songs halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the, we found a fan. We found a fan to the show. Grow the show. Oh, Annabelle the is growing the show. You are the interview. We've. I've been looking to re- replace oh, um, someone anyway. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. But is there any other like um, stunt people you, slang? You jerk vest. What's a jerk vest? Because I would. I would think don't, that was something else. Literally um, made of things called pick points. So there's loads of little things that you can then hook a mallion on, and then you'll be pulled through the air. A mallion being. Uh, the metal things? Like Ma- a hook. Yeah, I think they're mallions. Basically, a jerk vest under your costume is one of the most uncomfortable things. You have to have it so, so tight that when you're... A jerk is very violent, usually, because it's compressed air, so you're being jerked by... I've got to think of another word. By someone. <laughs> Deep breath, Joe. And then... Um, but you have to have it really tight so that there's no, like, extra... Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's no extra pull and then you pull. So it's, most of the time you can't breathe or eat anything for the day because of being in your vest. They use it for um, hangings as well, your vest. So you've obviously pretend died for yes. listeners that think we're actually talking to someone that can yes. resurrect themselves. <laughs> yes. um, so it's pretend deaths. Has there ever been a case where you've actually come close to the real version? I am really lucky. I've come away with hardly any injuries you know people do hurt themselves it is a risky thing every stunt coordinator does a risk assessment everything's rehearsed but accidents happen people have been paralyzed before things have gone wrong you know someone's broken like both their legs at the same time coming down from something but I have been lucky I think naive when I started off I pretty much have done anything if anyone had asked me are going to run you over at 40 miles an hour. I'd go, okay, yeah, that's great. But you don't run somebody over at 40 miles an hour. It's learning those skills. And I remember doing one stunt where I'm literally in my jerk vest <laughs> <laughs> um, with a wire, literally tied off in the back of a van. And the van just drives like 30 miles an hour. And when the tension comes tight, I just get pulled out the back of the van onto the road. And a ballsy thing, but you just wait for it to happen. There's nothing I can do. But if I had not kept my head in you know like so much stuff could happen it yeah the answer is i haven't hurt myself how do you (laughs) just the way you've spoken there like how excited you were to talk about the different stunts when you're first starting out yeah how on earth did you get to a place where you went i fancy being run over by a 40 mile an hour car all my life i've literally can't sit still 
every night of the week, my mum or dad would drive me, like trampolining, horse riding, anything. They would drive me every night of the week to do something. I've never been very good at one thing. I've always ridden all my life and trampolined. Performing arts, I thought I wanted to do. I like performing and the drama. And then I did jousting shows in my summer holidays. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. That's the greatest summer I, job of all time. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, was. listening really intently then, and then you've hit me with, I did jousting shows. Yeah, at the castle. So I live near a castle, and I happened to be in between not really knowing what to do. So I was working two mornings a week in the office at the castle, and then I saw them jousting, and because I ride anywhere, I was like, I really want to joust. So you've been a jouster and mm. a knightess or a dame yes, yes. or a, a fair lady. Yeah, and I learned loads of my skills there because we did on the floor, you know, we then get off the horse and I'm going to fight you. and then like swords and stuff? Yeah, yeah. swords and um, shields. Um, I never got to win, but I, I think I was second. <laughs> they always have the bad night as well, don't they? There's four knights, you know, the goody one, the handsome one, the bad knight and then the female knight. So they're all pretty dangerous doing stunts and stuff like that, aren't they? Is there one that you go, that's the one I most want to do? When they say, right, Annabelle, today we want you to jump off a bridge for Angelina Jolie, for mm-hmm. example. I don't know why she's jumping off a bridge. Yeah. I don't know the story of the film or whatever it is, but yeah. that's what you're being told. Is that the sort of one that you go, oh, yeah, that's my favourite? Or is that the one that you go, not a fucking chance, I don't no, like that? No, love to, yeah. Be nice if it was warm. <laughs> I would never say anything. Tomorrow I've got to be in the canal. I expect I'll be in there all day and I'll still be blue and shivering and they'll be like, You're right, do you want to go again? <laughs> yeah, I really want to go again. <laughs> how's how's that warming of the river being yeah. Did, I've got, how, warm the canal up for me, please? I've got the hot water bottle at the ready, I've got everything. You were t- Tom, you were telling me about a horse stunt in a film that I hadn't seen. You'll know this one, Annabelle. Stagecoach, one of the great westerns. Yes, transfers. So, Joe, this is sort of jumping from horse to horse, which in my head is the classic cowboy film stunt. Mm. And then, Annabelle, it's the bit where you've got six horses pulling a stagecoach. He's hanging off the front horse, and then he drops, so he goes under the galloping hooves of the horses, under the wheels of the stagecoach, out the back. Basically, if he gets trodden by a horse or run over by a wheel, he's pretty much broken. And who was the actor? Did he do it himself, or was it a stuntman? It was a stuntman who then became a famous stunt coordinator. Um, when Stagecoach, 1940? Yeah, and then in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they do that version where Harrison Ford's on the front of the truck. Yes. Yeah, and the Nazi's on the Nazi truck. and uh, He does it ra- too. He does it, and apparently the guy who did the original was the stunt coordinator, and he was like, I've got this little trick, boys, try this. Yeah, there's some things that just, if you're going to not do it right, you're not going to survive your eyes just lit up Did when it? tom was describing that scene from raiders of the lost ark and you were like yeah that one I, that, <laughs> no i've seen it at, I have... <laughs> do you look at other films that you haven't been in mm, and you time. go oh wow what's quite funny is a film comes on and then there's loads of stuntmen in the bar you know there's going to be a fight seriously oh, so you're, you reckon, you're literally you... i'm like oh god there's there's dave uh, yeah basically <laughs> like there's dell it's just amazing he's even got parts on Titanic and stuff, he's like a massive guy, big character. So you'll know that there's fights going to happen. It's brilliant because it's like, oh, yeah. And all the stunt guys are just like having a massive brawl. My friends always say they recognise my legs because i got chunky thighs compared to like the actresses. Uh, compliment or do you go, <laughs> oh, You'd thanks. have to pause it, obviously, to see um, that. What are the top stunts? What are considered the top stunts ever done? 
Um, I think you have to go back in the day. So, like, the people, the pioneers... Your Buster Keatons, yes, Harold that, Lloyd. that one that's where he's standing and he literally is hoping he's standing in the right place. And the front of the house collapses. Yeah. Love that one. Yeah. What so, about um, Harrison you, Ford? Well, his stunt double is a real f- famous stunt family. So, he his stunt double's uh, Vic Armstrong and then he's married to a stunt lady and her family were stunts and they've got four children and two of the daughters are stunts so they're really stunt orientated family and they're and he's now a coordinator and then a second unit director so you on a film you have first unit and then you have second unit second units where all the action happens imagine joe breakfast at the stunt family's house can i have some toast please toaster blows up a flame coming out the oven yeah they don't actually have any like proper cutlery or glasses or plateware or anything they're all the glass smashables not the, the glass the, the break, what, they call what, it breakaway what are they made of uh, like sugar. sugar glass yeah they've got yeah. no real cutlery or pots and pans and they're just lobbing them at each other to practice <laughs> over the head I want my family to be like that <laughs> do you I, like a fruit juice joke shove that yeah. <laughs> you get a bottle of red and then you have like pretend fights so somebody comes around you've got like the pretend frying pan because everything on set hopefully can be soft so if you're having fights with a chair you know it's a soft set sometimes not mm. always but yeah you can come around someone comes around and i have an argument with lee or something and i'm like oh my god I get a frying pan out thing and i smack him around the face but it's, <laughs> yeah that, it, it was that, really, that was good it was really good yeah. it felt, <laughs> he's been practicing for a moment there it felt like uh i was in the same room as that guy from police academy who makes the noises man the noises man would you not love one of those saucepans like i really fancy putting can you get these commercially can i put on my christmas list no but we've now got contact i've got, contact. I've got a stunt lemon and some stunt food from a set which what? we had a stunt a, lemon, stunt lemon. Yeah, sorry i was expecting something a little <laughs> bit exciting. more yeah a stunt lemon no just food because we had a massive food fight and so like actually big loaf of bread would hurt you if it was lobbed to the back of your head so it's like a pretend love so i've got like a chorizo lemon all these sort of things I just need to call you out on that one point I don't agree that a loaf of bread would hurt if you lobbed it at the back of my head a fresh okay. one a stale one maybe but a nice fresh sliced loaf be is quite it relaxing. sliced oh no it's sliced. like one of those massive sort of unsliced unsliced okay. yeah. we could try have you got any on you no but it looks quite artsy. London's like that isn't it that bit out there <laughs> Who have you stunted for, Annabelle? Um, so doubled Helena Bonacarta. Really? What film? Uh, Suffragette and Great Expectations, where I did a full body burn in that because she wears a wedding dress all the time and then it sets on fire. Um, who else have I done before? Anna Frail on Marcella and Chloe Moritz, Maisie Williams, uh, Sheridan Smith. She's lovely. They're all lovely, actually. What were you doing for them? So Maisie, she was on Doctor Who and that's when I was riding and also randomly I had to climb a tree. How big was this tree? Oh, I like a medium tree size. <laughs> if, you know, like you have small, medium and large. Is that because she didn't want to do it? No, it was in cold water and it was also quite shallow. Oh, so right. you couldn't just like leap. Uh, you had to sort of leap and then get flat. And then when I went in, I had to stay under the water for a bit and then come up. No, she's quite, uh, she's game. She's really nice and she's up for things. But um, it was a night shoot as well in November cold water nightmare are there any actresses out there that you've stunted for or heard of anyone that's stunted for them that you go why can't they do that themselves what they don't want a loaf of bread thrown at them yeah. <laughs> or something because yeah. other basic ones that you kind of go you really want me to double yeah. as basic as that is does that happen yeah there's some actresses that want to do stuff which is great because it's always better filming on the real thing people are like oh 
I wanted to do that. I've just come in to work and now you're showing me up a little bit. <laughs> so you're a little bit like, hang uh, on, that's my job. Yeah, I've come in and now you're doing things. And other times, yeah, they don't want to do anything. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to do running down the street and, you know, tripping over because they've got enough other things to do. I sometimes go in and it's not even a stunt, but I will rehearse it all day. But I can say, you know what? She can do this. It's soft. It's fine. You know, I can give advice. I rehearse wires. You know, they've got the wires so I can rehearse and land and then they might put an actress on a wire. Actresses can go on wires. It's like Tom Cruise. He does all his stunts, but they've done weeks and weeks of rehearsals with stunt people to get it completely right and the stuntman, and they've set the camera up. Everything's set up so that he can do it. I mean, he's got the balls to do it, but still you need the stunt performers to do. I mean, tomorrow, I don't exactly know what I'm doing, where I'm going or anything but it's in cold water. She's not going to want to necessarily go in the cold water for long periods of time. So I'm there to set up. And on a wide shot, you don't need the actress. If you start watching films, maybe when you get back and you'll see suddenly there's a wide shot. She's run across a field or he or somebody, and then they trip and they've fallen down a bank. You know, something small like that, but it's suddenly gone to a wide. It's a stunt person. You'll sort of spot it. What do you think you'd be like, Joe? If you were a film star, are you doing your own stunts? Or are, you, are you staying in your trailer and you wouldn't even run down the street? Or are you on, this, on the spectrum? I guess I'd consider the stunt. Uh, anything involving water, I'd probably struggle. I can't swim very well. Got bad memories of that, actually. I took my son to his swimming lesson, and the first time I did it with him, he was, I'd say, three, maybe. And usually I'd go and watch every time I could. But this time, Daisy, my wife, was like, Oh, go on. Do you want to do it today? I was like, yeah, sure. And Sod's Law, it was the only, it was the first time that they were going to go to the deep end and it drops off to like 2.2 meters. And I'm like, oh no, start panicking. Having this pat. I'm holding them with all these other mums in the pool. And the instructor, they take away the, the float fence, give us all a float, start going down. I can't swim very well. And this float isn't strong enough to keep me up. <laughs> so then halfway through, I start drowning <laughs> and the instructor comes over like, oh my God. You're pulling the three-year-old down, <laughs> Jasper down. She comes and rescues him. She then takes him to the end as his pretend parent, and I have to go back to the shallow end and stand there whilst all the other mums are stood at the deep end, swimming with it. Anyway, long story short, um, can't swim very well. That scarred me. I'm definitely doing stunts that involve fire because I'd like to get all dressed up in that tea tree stuff. Is it full-time? It is my full-time job now. I'm not uh, full-time on anything at the moment. Some people, they get on a film and they might be on it for six months as a core team. I do lots of jobbing around. So this week, I've been to the Isle of Wight. I'm up here in London. Last week, I went to Wales. So it's my full-time job, but also I'm a mother of two. So after a couple of days, the mum guilt starts coming in and I want to see them and be with them. But also, it's so nice to go to work. Just do some light burning. Yeah, <laughs> just go and get smashed around for a few days and then come back. Yes. Joe, we're coming up to the adverts. Could you do some sort of spectacular link into the adverts, followed by a plug for what's coming next, please? Next up, Annabelle talks about James Bond. Bon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. They, they were the adverts from the lovely sponsors that we have sponsoring this show. But, da, 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 da. Joe, can you do um, some James Bond music for me? Let's ask the next question. Dun, 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 dun. What's that? I don't. Dun. It's not James Bond. No. What's that then? That's the Formula One music. Down. What about down, 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 that one? This is Skyfall. Uh, Annabelle, tell us about James Bond. James himself. <laughs> he's he's great. Um, so, oh, you're probably wanting some amazing story that I did some great stunts on it, but no, I didn't. Sorry, that was the bit where oh, it comes in a circle. In, yeah, and I know that. Mean it, sorry. Yeah. So no, just a couple of days on that, but I still get a credit for doing it. Great fun. Great couple of days in. Charing Cross Underground, but there must be this extra underground that's not used by anyone else. And there's some filming you can do there. It was like... Doesn't he go down a... He goes down an escalator. That's it. (laughs) He goes down an escalator. Yes. And there's no bumps. Yeah, so we're all there. Yeah. There's extras and and there's stunts. Um, So his stunt double, and then the policeman goes down after him, doesn't he? So the stunt double goes down that, literally on his bum, and then lands at the bottom, turns around, checks, and then runs away. And then the policeman comes down, turns around, checks, and runs away. Then they get Daniel to do it. Yeah. But he's on a wired little seat with wheels. So he's always in control and they can do, sl- you know, slow-mo. So he's like, ah, looking at his face and getting close up. <laughs> so he's always safe because he is on the little tray that's connected. But that small scene, I was there for like two or three days. I'm just at the bottom moving out the way. So you can't have extras at the bottom in case they don't move out the way in time. This is what some people do. So sometimes you think, oh, well, I can do that. But the extras might just get a face of boot because they haven't moved out of the way or they move out the way too quickly. So with the stunt people, you're really good at reactions. Like our reactions are good. We can preempt maybe something that's going to be dangerous. And so as soon as he comes down, I need to move out the way, but move out quick enough. If I don't move out of the way, I'm getting some full force of somebody come down um but that took yeah days of what 30 oh, i don't know how many seconds and then they have to do all the running but yeah there's a secret sort of space down on the underground that nobody uses oh yeah you just to clarify you're not a spy are you no and have you got not, one of those on we had long one. story annabelle long story we had one oh. she was brilliant oh told us a lot <gasps> she's been pulled by the secret service so that's why i'm asking if you're a spy <laughs> Because no, I'm not a spy. If you are that part of the <laughs> that sounds amazing though, being a spy, pulled. doesn't it? But there is, just to clarify, we think there might be a secret area down in Charing Cross Station yeah. to do some filming. Yeah, definitely. You just mentioned there about the extras. You don't even trust the extras to be able to get out no. of the way. Uh, I don't know if you've have you seen extras? Ricky yes, Gervais? brilliant. I love it. It's yes. one of my favourite things. So, so good. He's great, Ricky. So basically confirmed yes. that extras are probably the lowest on the uh, set of a film on a programme. Unfortunately, there's also a hierarchy. Yeah, they are sort of the last to get fed. I know this sounds really mean. Like, honestly, they're not, they're not allowed crafts. They're not allowed coffee like we are. Not allowed coffee? 
So they literally lower. You can't even trust uh, them to move out the way properly. Yeah. If you gave them a coffee, their yeah. reactions would probably be slightly better. Yeah. yeah. I did 60 days as an extra before I got on the stunt register because you have to, to be on set and understand what it's like being on set. Yeah, they are. I, I was on one thing that was just proper period drama Bristol way. This guy was just like, oh, last week I was with so You know, they are proper name droppers. They are <laughs> such na- Yeah. Not all of them because obviously you need everyone needs extras for. Uh, they're actually not called that extras anymore. They're called supporting artists. They have a new name, supporting artists. They're extras. Eric, we know what they are. I'm not mocking them. Maybe we should get an extra on. Yeah, because they'd probably have loads should of great get stories. Just get a supporting artist on, yeah? Or an extra. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever experienced, like, the top actors? You've seen them not talking to the extras. You're like... Yeah, there's some hard people out there, for sure. They just don't want to n- mingle. Just want to come out. I only did... It was probably, like... Die Hard 20. Uh, it was filmed in Budapest. And they came back and we we did two days. And um, one day we all went in, all got into costume, and the actor didn't even come in that day. We all went home, which is great. I got paid for the day. Everyone got paid. Come back another day. And literally, we're all there doing this scene where, you know, getting shot, falling over, cars everywhere, a tank on its side. They come out, literally do their one thing. It was just like back to the trailer. So people like that. And then there's other people who just, they come on set and they ask, like Helen Mirren is amazing. She'll come on set and say morning to everyone because I did the Nutcracker. We we're all on set waiting for her to come in, and she's just like, "Hello, everyone. Morning, morning. Really nice." And the same with iconic actors like Judy Dench is amazing too. She's so lovely. She was in Artemis Fowl, which is a year or two ago. I was in the same scene, and we were just all circled around her, and also really nice. So great example. Daniel Radcliffe is just such a nice guy, but he's been brought up for ten years on a film set. And he still managed to stay grounded and nice and talk to everyone. And there's so many different people on set. That's what makes it interesting. Everything I hear, Joe, from Annabelle about being a stunt woman makes me think it would be amazing to have those skills on a night out. Maybe there's a stunt scouts out there. Yeah. In the nightclubs, and that's how I got picked up. Yeah. How do you get picked up to be a stunt woman? Well, you do your training to get on the stunt register, but some people, I guess, might get picked from their great fool down the stairs on a night out, you know, stair fall on a night out. Yeah, like they, a video that's gone viral. Yeah, like he's yeah. been framed. He yeah. falls really well, actually. <laughs> we need to call but him But he up. needs 10 pints, <laughs> but he'll fall great down the stairs. <laughs> but it's doable. And it's probably cheaper because yeah. paying someone 10 pints to do the stunt yes. <laughs> is cheaper than a full day's work of, you know, his five grand to do And they have a great time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you train to get on the stunt register. So there's bread and butter stuff that every stunt performer should do you know fall downstairs fall out of windows you've got good spatial awareness you can fight i'm not a martial artist i did taekwondo to get on the stunt register i can do a fight but i'm more of a bar brawl you know being chucked on the floor punches kicks but i'm not going to get my leg up to my head and be like like with my foot kicking someone you know bruce lee style yes yeah but there's other girls who would that's their forte how old are your kids if you don't mind me asking Oh, four and a half, one and a half. <laughs> so I'm guessing the one and a half hasn't got a clue, and the four and a half, some sort of idea of what you do? Oh, yeah, this morning before school, he was dressed as Spider-Man, so he'd gone upstairs dressed as spider I was coming down and, like, doing... Because he started Taekwondo, started punching, kicking, and then doing these weird sort of rolls on the floor. They were really good. <laughs> and then getting up again. I was like, oh, I really need to get ready for school. I've got packed pack today. I've got packed pack my wetsuits. Can't just get changed. <laughs> but he does. We've got... 
everything in the garden, like massive trampoline. Oh, we've got a little pony, so hopefully... Yeah, this pony's 31. He's 31 years old. It takes longer to Sorry, take the pony to school than it does to uh, walk because he's so slow. You've got a 31-year-old pony? Yeah, city. He's 31 years old? Yeah. He's been alive for 31 years? Yeah. My mind is... Is it? Tom, did you know that ponies got, live that long? No, I've got no idea what the average life expectancy of a pony is. Is that a long time? We need to get a pony person we'll a, on. We'll get a pony in. 31-year-old pony. According to the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, mm. the average lifespan of a domestic horse is 25 to 33 years. Many horses go well beyond this average. Ponies tend to live longer, with many ponies still serving as schoolmasters well into their 30s. What do you mean schoolmasters? Oh, they're, they're just ridden all the time. They've done it all being... Every, they're at a riding school. Schoolmaster. Oh, they're not teaching in a... A horsey term. OK. I got uh, a bit horsey then, didn't you did I? Horsey. <laughs> a little bit horsey. Horsey. <laughs> a few ponies and horses may even reach the age of 40 or over. Oh, City might so good go news for City. another 10 years. I'll send you a photo. Okay. He's so cute. There is something, it's quite, something quite serious I wanted to ask you about, Anna, but we've done our research, a smidgen of research. I read about this thing called wigging. Pardon? Yeah. So it's basically stuntmen taking the jobs that stunt women would have by passing themselves off in the film, whatever it is, as a woman by sticking on a wig. Because they can't get hold of a stunt woman I or don't because know. they don't think a woman could do the job? That, the latter, I think. Is that true? Yeah, although I've been wigging. Stunt doubled a boy. Oh, oh so you've done the reverse. So you, you can get I, a reverse wigging? Yeah, so oh. you can do it. Always, you have to pick the person who can do the job, without a doubt. That yeah. has got to be it, for safety. I wouldn't do a car job because I'm the best looking person for the double. They need to find the person who's the best driver and then the criteria is the same height and everything like that. So if it's a job that they have not got a woman who can do it, then that's when they would have done it. It shouldn't happen. We've got plenty of women on the stunt register from four foot 11 to six foot who can do just as much. We are lucky in this industry that we are treated the same, men and women. Nobody's going to go, all right, both of you me and so-and-so are going to run off there, but don't worry, Annabelle, you know, because you're a girl, we'll put a mat down for you and uh, he can fall on the floor. Often women get it harder because we have to wear stupid outfits that don't get pads underneath. Oh, like the costume lady thinks it's great you're going to fall down the stairs, but actually you're in like skinny jeans so you can't hardly get any pads on. Good point. And things like that. <laughs> so the wigging thing is only if the stunt coordinator feels that he can't get a woman to do that and the same with boys I've doubled boys before because of my height there's some short stunt guys for sure on the register but they're usually a bit more bulky boys aren't so bulky but that was years ago now there's so many more people on the register than 10 years ago that they've got more variety to pick from so yeah I don't know whether so it's not quite as bad as we first thought mm. looking into it is I was it? unaware of the reverse wig yeah we thought it was more like oh that's not fair women should be yeah. doing the Woman's no job it shouldn't be a man doing the vice versa but it's actually i think it's just because the best person for the job yes. and then you and that should always happen because accidents have happened on set because they've had to get somebody in because costume makeup and said it's got to be that person and then accidents have happened because they're not qualified enough but they look better for the parts so it should always be so my stats are in the stunt book with i'm five foot three all my measurements and then the stunt coordinator will look at the actress or sometimes they try and get it better so you know I've got darker features. But then as soon as you put a wig on, the costume, and I'm facing that way, it could be anyone. So it, it's a lot to do with that. It depends on how close they're shooting on you. Whether, you know, you're just a body that's gone through frame, falling through frame, it could pretty much be you, nearly. 
So in my line of work, rugby, I tend to or have struggled with uh, mortgages because they're kind of like, it's quite a limited career. Do you struggle as well to get a mortgage? Because that sort of chat, I think you, I might have you said do something. As a dance teacher, I say that for everything. It's just easier. Like, you know, when you get your car insurance, there's never a. I just put dance teacher down. <laughs> Don't want to incriminate um, you on this. So I think that's probably what I would have done for my mortgage because <laughs> I have taught dance. There's ways around it. I understand. Yeah. That's so maybe you that. put that down next time. Balance dance teacher. teacher. <laughs> what about uh, CGI? We spoke about this before, didn't we? Cause yeah, we just thought it might be a massive stitch up because CGI. CGI's technology is affecting a lot of jobs. And I guess your job as a stunt woman, is CGI the worst possible thing? Yeah, I think to start with, people were probably like worried because that's what people said like 10 years ago when I got on. Oh, CGI is going to take over, you know, won't need stunt people. But actually, it's still not the real thing. The real body falling through the air. I think it has its place. People can spot it. It's getting amazing, like technology moving so fast, everything is getting better. But I think you just can't beat the real thing. And yes, it can help so with the green screens, so you can do the falls in front of the green screen and then they'll put it that you've fallen, you know, Everest or somewhere. But I think also people like the idea that it's real. It makes it so much more important. And people who are diehard fans of the movies of, I'm saying Game of Thrones because it just seems to be that's the one. Mm. So they would do the footage of how many weeks it's taken, how many stunt performances it's taken, how much rehearsal. And people are so skilled in their job. I think people are getting better and better. You only have to watch any sport. It's just things like, how, how can they do any more? How can they get better? People are getting better and better. And I think with the wires and all the technology that we've got and the cars, the ramps, the turnovers, I think we're safe. I think we're all right. So... Growing up, I looked up to big rugby players, Joan yeah. Lomu, Jason oh, yeah. Leonard, all like big thingies, and then there's the heroes like Johnny Wilkinson. Oh, my God. Wow. Yes. She likes Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> that, oh. That's, that's, that's oh, the Johnny Wilkinson his, oh, reaction. Oh, my God. Johnny I had his calendar. Like, oh, in, did you? In, Wonderful. In, like, 2000 or something. Yeah. Because I had to... He's a very good-looking man, I, I researched he? you as well, because I was like, okay, because... I've seen you loads. I've been to the pub every time rugby's on. Any excuse to go to the pub? What pub have I seen you at? No, I've seen you at the pub on the screen. Oh, sorry. I was like, have you been down the bells? <laughs> do, you, do you remember when that woman walks in on fire and then smashed her over there with a bottle? Because <laughs> I always talk through the rugby. I get really... They tell me off when I'm talking because I, I arrive late and then they're all there and I have to walk through everyone. This is at the local, like, proper old man village pub. So, um... I digress. Were we talking about Johnny? No, so they're like the big names that everyone looks yes. up to and thing, and you go, oh, right, they're the kings of rugby and all that lot. And the yeah. likes of Owen Farrell, Maratoji, those guys these days. Do you have equivalents in the stunt world? Definitely. Like there's... named people, you go, right, Joe Bloggs, he is the king mm-hmm. of stunts that you look up to and you go, oh, he's yeah. brilliant at that. Definitely. And I remember watching Zoe Bell because she's in Death Proof on the front of the car. And she works all the time with Quentin Tarantino and, like, he's given her roles and stuff. Like you say, when you get on, you're looking at the people who've done it and you want to learn from them. You want to be as good as them. So Zoe Bell's the top female stuntwoman, would you say? Yeah, she's, she's definitely up there with one of them. Definitely. Like, she's done amazing fights on Kill Bill and things. And then there's another girl, Honey Mo- Moneymaker. Her name's well, well, Honey Moneymaker. No, Heidi Moneymaker. Oh. Honey Moneymaker. No, I think it's Heidi. I want it to be oh, Honey Moneymaker. Oh, no, I'm going to get this wrong. It's really embarrassing. Hopefully. Can we leave it as Honey Moneymaker? You've only got three people listen, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Who's the top male stuntman? Well, Bobby Holland. 
He stunt doubles all the time for Chris Hemsworth. So he is in his contract. So some people are just lucky. They meet somebody on set. They get on really well. And he's literally in his contract that he only works for him now all the time. And he does everything. That's quite handy, isn't it? Really handy. They're like great mates. They like hang out in Australia and they do all sorts. But yeah, so he's like a really top performer. What if... If Chris moves away from action films and gets into period dramas, then you're screwed, aren't you? Yep, totally. <laughs> totally. Surely there's some stunts on period dramas. Yeah, there's usually some carriage work and being like... Not quite as big. No. Annabelle, I'd like to ask you one final question, and it's a big one. Right. The biggest and best stunt of all time in the history of stunts, what is it? According to you or according to the stunt register that goes, that is the dog's nuts... Of stunts. There's an amazing one and an amazing photo of the guy who jumps off in Goldeneye. The damn wall thing. Yeah. Oh. Totally real. Totally real. Yeah. And I just remember watching Pierce Brosnan and those movies and then getting on the stunt register and opening the book and flicking through because you have a photo. So you have your headshot, your body shot, and your action shots. And there's him swan diving. And that's amazing. Another really amazing one is when they all jump parachute out the plane i can't think what film it is not point break no it's more oh, recent it's quite recent i know what a film yeah johnny utah baby i'm just in utah good job <laughs> at the beginning when it's all raining so good yeah really have you good. seen the modern one no i haven't i'm not gonna i don't I think wouldn't okay. the original's the best but yeah they always are aren't they the ending oh, uh, what a wonderful what does he says he goes one more wave oh, oh and he just lets him go he definitely dies of... doesn't he yeah yeah it's unconfirmed but he definitely dies I take it he dies there. I do, because that's his last... He might as well just die out there then go in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going with the Piers Brosnan... Yep, and then... Golden Oh, eye. yeah, because I can't think of this one where they all literally parachute... There's five of them parachute out of a plane. It's like the Bournes or... Jason Bourne. Oh, I'd have to find it. Okay. I'd do it later. Have you seen Penguins of Madagascar? It's a spin-off from Madagascar. I'm interested not... to see where you're going with this one. Yeah, well, they jump out of a plane and land on another plane, but that's... I suppose that's easy They've for copied this other film. Do you know, it might have been homage... How did they get the penguins to do that then? There's a a film I watched recently called Atomic Blonde. Have you seen it? Uh, What's it about? Spy. Lady Spy. Yeah. She's got blonde hair. Yeah. And she's also a lover, like does lots of loving in it. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of loving in it. Anyway, there's an amazing fight scene. She's a lover. And I just think, you can see there's no cuts. So obviously the less cuts, you know that it's just gone on and on. And that is, I just remember seeing that and thinking that's great. I love it. I've felt adrenaline come and go in my veins today talking about this i'm going home now because i want to try out and test out whether an unsliced loaf of bread from the bakers (laughs) being thrown at the back of my head as hard as they can i'm going to get my wife to do it (laughs) is going to hurt can i check the loaf I need to check the loaf. Okay. We Send me will, a photo. We will exchange numbers. I'll clear up what loaf it is, whether it's a tiger loaf or oh, a Oh, definitely sourdough, not a tiger loaf. A sourdough soft. or soda like bread. Soda bread's dense, yeah, isn't that's it? that's it. Unleavened. Unleavened? Yeah. Ooh. What's that? There's no yeast in soda bread. That's very hard. Yeah, we need a soda so bread. It's, it's dense. It has the... It, interesting. To use soda water to make soda bread. Use a bit of bicarbonate of soda, I believe. Oh, that's uh, the soda bit. Hence the name. Engage brain... Before speaking. Soda water's good for getting red wine off carpets. And apparently San Pellegrino's really good for cellulite. Cellulite? Cellulite. 
What, you rub it into your legs? You drink it. Oh, I thought that you rubbed it. I was like, the fizziness gets rid of cellulite? Maybe I'm doing it wrong, because I've still got really loads of cellulite, actually. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> um, Tom, have you got anything else you'd like to ask Annabelle? I would just like to say a massive thank you to Annabelle, because I was excited about this episode, mm. Joe. Mm. I want to go and tell people about this show. Luckily, it's a podcast, so I don't have to, because mm. it will actually come out. Mm. But it's been amazing, Annabelle. Thank you very much. Annabelle, thank you so much for coming up. Thank it's you. Been brilliant. I'm going to look at films a little bit more analytically now. Yeah. Is he doing it? Is she doing it? Oh, so I'm going to love it a little bit more. And I'll let you know how I get on with that loaf of bread as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When you're knocked out <laughs> on the floor. Look how happy she is at the prospect of that be, you being proved you'll right. Be, you'll be right. You're used to rugby balls to the head, aren't you, all the time? So yeah, because I'm not very good at catching them. They go straight <laughs> through my hands. I'm just like, that's why my nose is bent so much. Anyway, thank you, Annabelle. Thank all the best. Thank you. So that was your classic episode. The good news is that there will be a new classic episode on this feed every single Saturday. So if you enjoyed that, you might well enjoy the episode about pest control, about tattoo artists, about opera singers, about car salespeople. Basically, there are shed loads for you to get involved in. Dive on in. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Podcast Network.